Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Well, God bless each of you. Good to see you in the presence of Almighty God as the gathered church of Jesus Christ. Those that have been called out of darkness into His mercy and His light. Anybody thankful for salvation today? Hallelujah. Well, I want to read uh, two scriptures up front. It's going to be stepping stones, springboards into what the Lord has put on my heart to minister today. The first being Isaiah chapter 60, beginning in verse 22. I want to welcome... Before I read those that are streaming live or listening, we pray that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would excel in your life and in your situation. Isaiah 16, verse 22, a little one, everybody say little, shall become a thousand, and a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Then Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. I want to preach a message to you today titled, The Fulcrum, The Fulcrum. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for access to your presence, to your throne of grace through Jesus. For he alone is the way, the truth, and the life. There is salvation in no other name under heaven. It's only in that name that demons are subject. It's only in that name that true healing goes forth. It's only in that name that forgiveness and cleansing is made available. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you would make much of that name today that you would work in this time in our lives. I yield to you, Holy Spirit, best I know how. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, today we conclude this series, Next is Now, as we've been looking at the reality that change is inevitable. Sometimes change is invited. Sometimes it's not invited. Sometimes God invites us into change to be changed in His presence by His Word. There's different types of change we've looked at over the course of this month. And as I was thinking on concluding this series, Next is Now, and preparing this message called The Fulcrum, I was reflecting back to growing up, going to the park. Maybe you, like me, remember at a park that you grew up at or visited at times, that parks used to have what was called a seesaw a seesaw. The more and more and the older I get, the more alarm I become that things we grew up with no longer are allowed. It's really concerning me. I'm starting to feel like an old man of already not trusting the future generation or the younger generation that they can handle themselves. I mean, we got trampolines with, I mean, cages around them. You know, we grew up with trampolines, no net. You know, 
We got parks no longer with seesaws. It's like people don't know how to uh, limit their risk anymore. It's like you young folks are just wild, just wild. And uh, we got to remove things that can really, I guess, hurt you. But I don't remember anybody getting majorly hurt on a seesaw. There was some unique experiences. But if you're not familiar with the seesaw being at parks, a seesaw was a, a recreational tool in which two children alternately ride up and down while seated at opposite ends of a plank that was balanced in the middle. And at the middle point of the seesaw, there is a fulcrum. And the fulcrum is the part of the lever that doesn't move. It, it was in the middle and it was the pivot point. The issue though with the seesaws, I begin to think about my experience, is the fulcrum is fixed. The fulcrum is not movable. Meaning the lever and its ability to leverage has become subject to the weights at both ends of the seesaw. Now if you're a bigger person, that might be encouraging to you. Because you can stay in control of the seesaw movement. You weigh enough to ensure that any weight at the other end of the lever will not influence you beyond your ultimate desire. However, if you are a smaller person, say as exhibit A, myself, this becomes a serious issue because you become very easily the subject to the weight at the other end of the seesaw. You can be flung up and off very quickly. If a much heavier person slams down on the other side of the seesaw, a person like Exhibit A, me, is at the mercy of the circumstance and the weight of the person at the other end. I mean, you can't eat enough, fast enough to gain enough weight to counterbalance the weight on the other end so that you're not launched into the air beyond your control, beyond what you desire, and not lose balance. You're unable to counterbalance the weight of the heavier person at the other end. And I thought about the seesaw, and this is how most people live. Most people live completely at the mercy of any and all weights that get piled upon the spectrum of their life. They're at the mercy of the weight of circumstances, the weight of responsibilities, the weight of the persons or people and the attitudes and actions of others in their life. And if you haven't found out yet or realized yet, circumstances in others, in life, is just not that very merciful. But today I want to let you in on a powerful principle. A powerful principle is this. The fulcrum is movable. The fulcrum can be moved. You can move the fulcrum. Let me clarify further. What is a fulcrum? A fulcrum is the support or point of rest on which a lever turns and moving something. And what we need to 
be clear on is by its very definition, a fulcrum is not required to stay at the same point of rest. A fulcrum, to be a fulcrum, doesn't have to stay at a fixed point. A fulcrum can be moved. Can be moved. Archimedes, the Greek mathematician, physicist, engineer, astronomer, and inventor said, Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and I shall move the world. You ever felt like the world's against you? You ever felt like the weight of responsibilities in a changing world is upon you? I want to tell you that there's a power principle called the fulcrum is movable. You can move the fulcrum so that the more weight you are facing in life, the less you have to get thrown off balance and feel like you're spinning out of control. Positive and healthy change can take place through the power principle, the fulcrum is movable. By moving the fulcrum, you can leverage its power to multiply your capacity, to multiply the results and output. Watch this. Even though you still have the same heavy issues you are facing in life. Someone say the fulcrum is movable. So this brings me to secondly, a way of God. One of our main texts was Isaiah 60 and verse 22. God through the prophet Isaiah says, A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one is a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Can I tell you today that out of the little, the multiplication of strength can take place? That oftentimes when we think about needing more strength in our life, having a greater capacity in our life, being able to carry the weight of responsibilities better in our life. Oftentimes, when we think about the heaviness in our life, we think that the only way to counterbalance it is to be able to, in our own ability, lift more. To fight heaviness with heaviness. To fight strength with strength. And the way of the fulcrum and the power principle is, no, 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 the fulcrum is movable. That out of the little... A little change, a little adjustment, the multiplication of strength can take place. A little change, a little but powerful principle that the fulcrum is movable, the multiplication of strength can come forth. This is what God prophesied through the prophet. He said that a little one shall become a thousand. Do you know one becoming a thousand is a hundred thousand percent increase? The capacity, the result, the effectiveness, a hundred thousand percent increase when one becomes a thousand. And this is one of the ways of God. It is the power principle that the fulcrum is movable. He prophesies through the prophet, he says, one becoming a strong nation is a multiplication of strength. 
I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I don't have enough time to just add strength to my life. I don't know about you, but there's times I face unexpected change and heaviness in my life or because the world has changed so fast or drastically that I don't have time just to add a little bit to strength to my life. I need an acceleration. I need a multiplication of an increased capacity, an increased strength. And this is the power principle that the fulcrum is movable. Jesus talked about this. He talked about this being one of the ways of God when it comes to the kingdom of God. In Matthew 13, 31, He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It is the least of all the seeds. It's the smallest of all the seeds. And yet when it is grown, it is greater than all the herbs and becomes a tree. This is the power of multiplication. It's one of the ways of God. Then in Micah 5, 2, Maybe you're familiar with the verse as oftentimes we reflect on it in God's prophecy around the times of Christmas when God prophesied that the ruler would come. That one would come that was greater than that which ruled our life. The shame that ruled our life. The condemnation that ruled our life. The bondages and the sin that ruled our life. The entrapment and the oppression of Satan. That one would come who would release the rule in the kingdom of God. And in Micah 5 two it says, But you Bethlehem of Ephratah, though you are living among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Can I tell you today that one of the ways of God is that out of the little the eternal can come forth. That it's not just out of that which is mighty. It's not just out of the big cities. It's not just out of that which is already powerful and known that the strength of God and the mightiness of God and the rule of God and the kingdom of God can come forth. But one of the ways of God is that out of the little, the eternal can come forth. Here God prophesied through the prophet Micah that he who was of old, that the eternal one, that the everlasting one would come out of that small city. That though there were stronger cities, there was more known cities, there was more impactful cities, there were cities that had more resources and more strength, yet out of the little shall come the ruler. Out of the little shall come the great strength of he who is from everlasting. It's out of old little town of Bethlehem that the eternal one, Jesus Christ, came forth. Out of a little change, listen, an eternal impact can come forth. It's not always out of great change in your life that an internal impact to your life or the life of others can come forth. This is a way of God that sometimes it's just a little change and an internal significance, eternal impact can come out of your life, can touch the life of another person. This is out of a little powerful principle that the fulcrum is movable eternal significance can come. It's one of the ways of God. Out of a little invite, eternity can change for a person. Out of asking a person when you're at the store, can I pray for you? Eternal impact and significance can happen. So many times we have bought into the lies of the world that it's only the mighty. It's only the, the, that which seems to be the most powerful or have it together or have all the resources. That's the world's way of thinking. That that is how 
other things get done in life. But one of the ways of God is no, He can take the little and bring eternal impact and significance out of it. And oftentimes in the house of God, we take the same mindset. We look around and say, well, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the mightiest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the best. And therefore, God can't use me. I don't know enough. No, listen to me. Out of the little change, God can bring eternal significance out of your life. Out of a little invite, a little prayer, a little kindness, a little smile, a little awareness when you go through life, a little invitation to someone to a gathering, eternity, eternal significance can come forth. Your life eternally can be changed, not only by major changes, but sometimes just by little changes. That the fulcrum is movable. Others' lives can be changed. So out of the little, the multiplication of strength can take place in your life and the life of others. Out of the little, the eternal can come forth in your life and the life of others in this church. And then also wisdom can be in the little. Wisdom can be in the little. Listen, wisdom is not just found in that which seems to be so big and and significant and already powerful and polished, and beautiful. No, no, no. Wisdom can be in the little. This is what the Spirit of Wisdom says in Proverbs 30 through Solomon. He said in Proverbs 30, 24, there are four things which are little on the earth, but they're exceedingly wise. God put it in Proverbs to remind you that wisdom can be found in the little. That the wisdom you need for what you're facing, the wisdom you need for the new job, the wisdom you need for the new issues in your marriage, the issues, the wisdom you need for dealing with this stage in your children's life or these relational weights of what you're facing, that the wisdom's not always found in the mighty and the big. There can be wisdom found in the little. He says, look at the ants. They're not strong, but they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers, they're not strong, but they make their homes in the crags. Uh, The locusts have no king, yet they know how to advance in ranks. And the spider knows how to skillfully grasp. Wisdom can be found in the little power, power principle. Are you ready? The fulcrum is movable. The leverage point for change, the fulcrum, is movable. Some of you have been stuck because you have been thinking that in order to change, it's going to take great strength on your part. It's going to take greater resolve. It's going to take, in a sense, greater discipline. It's going to take something mighty, something dramatic, something so powerful for change to happen. And today, by God's grace, I'm here by the Spirit of God to remind you that, oh no... There's a power principle. The fulcrum is movable. That out of the little, great, eternal change and significance and strength can come. But out of the little, change can happen. That the leverage point, the fulcrum, how to leverage, listen, how to leverage change can be changed. How to leverage Change can be changed. How to handle such heavy things is not always having to use more strength or more stress to meet it. Listen, it's not always power with power. It's not always trying to meet power with power. There's a power principle. The fulcrum is movable. You can meet power. You can meet that which seems to overwhelm you. 
You, you can meet that which seems to oppose you and hold you back. You don't have to meet it with power. You can meet it with wisdom. In Ecclesiastes 9, Solomon tells a story how a small city was besieged by a mighty army. And there was no ability for that city to fight power with power. Strength with strength. Wasn't a chance. But it says there was one wise man. And through the wisdom of the one man, the entire city was delivered from a situation that was stronger than that city could ever do could ever deal with through their own ability. What's it saying? It's saying wisdom is better than weapons of war. Oftentimes we think that the war we're fighting against our flesh, the war we're fighting against generational curses, the war we're fighting against our upbringing, the war we're fighting against our heritage and our lineage, the war we're fighting with the weights of this world and the cares of this life, that the only way to fight the war is to war back in strength and our own ability. And no, 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 listen... Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. Here's the point, listen. How you are trying to change can be changed. There's not just one way to try to change. For some of you, you need to remember what Paul told the Galatians. He said, listen, having begun in the Spirit, trusting in the supernatural wisdom and ability of God? Are you going to now change and be made mature by trusting in your own human ability and power? No, that brings me next to let's talk about change. Let me remind us today that maturity is not what you know, it's what you do. Being mature in Christ, being godly, Godly maturity is not what we know, it's what we do. Why is this important? Because if you or I, or if we, have a wrong definition of maturity, it hinders an awareness of the need for change. I mean, to be honest, it's not necessarily that in the West, in America that we need more people attending services on Sunday. There have been millions that have done that for decades in our country. What's needed is an awareness is that just attending and knowing Scripture does not equate to godly maturity. But when people believe the more Bible I know, the more I automatically have grown, then it lessens people's awareness of their need for change. I don't know about you, but if you find someone who doesn't believe that they need to change, good luck with that person actually changing. And so it's not, I know what the Bible says, so I'm mature. It's no, it's only based on what I do determines if I've matured. So a wrong definition of maturity hinders an awareness for the need of change in our lives. Do you know one reason change is so difficult? Is that to our mind, it is not just considered one change. When you and I think about change, the reason why change seems so difficult to us and so heavy is because to your mind, your mind doesn't consider the change you're thinking about as just one change. When you're to your conscious awareness, when you think about change, 
Your conscious awareness doesn't think about that change or that desire change as just one thing. Why? Watch this. Because when your mind thinks about the change as not just being one step, it causes your emotions to not be energized and excited about the prospect of change. And I don't know about you, but when you experience emotions that are not positive concerning changing, such emotions demobilize us. They defer us. They dissuade us. And they can at times seek to overwhelm us. Let me give you an example. You say to yourself, you know what? I need to get more healthy and take care of my body. Why? Because I'm not getting any younger. And God's not going to give me another body on this earth. So I want to start exercising. I want to work on getting healthier and in shape and feeling better. Watch this. Your mind says, okay. But then it says this, pick a gym. And you start thinking, well, there's multiple steps in picking a gym. I got to do a search. So I got to get out my phone, search Google. Then I got to go through the list of all that comes up and decide which gym I think's better. What type of gym I want? Purple fitness or do I want the blue gym down the road? Then you got to think, well, do I got enough money to pay for the membership? Then you got to think, do I want to pay up front for a whole year and get a little bit of discount or pay monthly? Then you got to pick the day that you're going to work out. You got to pick the time that you're going to work out. Then if you got a family and got kids, you got to check with the spouse. And then you got to check with the kids' schedule if the time and the day that you think will work will actually work. Then you got to make sure the day and the time you pick doesn't just work one week, but it can work every week. Then the day of comes, you got to decide what you're going to wear. You got to get in the car. When you get in the car, you got to think, do I got enough gas or do I got to stop at the gas station on the way? Then you get there and you say, well, how do I work out? What machine should I use? Look at all these machines. Oh, I'm going to use this machine. Well, well, how many reps should I do? How heavy should the weights be? When your mind thinks about change, it doesn't just think about the change as being one thing. And that's why change becomes so difficult to us. Because our emotions start saying, Oh, you just want to do a little change? And your emotions are saying, Ah, but it's not one little change. (laughs) So one change is not just one change to your mind. One change is not just one thing to your mind. And it affects our emotions. And it makes change feel so heavy. It makes change feel so difficult. It makes change feel so not desired. It it makes change feel so not worth it. It makes change feel like a lot of cares, like a lot of weights, which is biblical language. Scripture uses the cares and the changes of life as weights. And like the seesaw that I talked about in the beginning, you're starting to get lifted up off the ground without wanting to. And and the one change that actually 
involves many decisions and begins to overwhelm your emotions. It's feeling so heavy. It's starting to lift you up out of feeling balanced, feeling in control, feeling stable, and feeling overwhelmed and less empowered and lifting you off the ground without you wanting to. And I understand this. I am like you in this, but today I want us to remember something. The power principle is the fulcrum is movable. If we move the fulcrum, we can lift all those cares, all those weights, all those things regarding the desired change that to our mind equals many decisions and changes. And we can lift them just through the use of the power principle that the fulcrum is movable, meaning we don't have to try to lift them by using more willpower, more strength, more energy, or more time. Through wisdom and the power principle that the fulcrum is movable, we can deal with them and lift them. And yet, it not require of us more emotional energy, time, or strength. Because wisdom can bring good success. Where when we in our own ability through our own human capacity and strength, cannot bring about the change. You say, Pastor, I'm ready then. Tell me, how do I use the fulcrum? Listen, here's how you use the fulcrum. You ready? You leverage a habit, rhythm, and practice that's already in your life. See, the power of principle of the fulcrum is that what you use to leverage the desired change, you can move the fulcrum and you can move what you use to leverage dealing with the weights and the cares of life and to reach the desired change that you have. And you attach the new desired change that you have, the new desired action you want in your life, the new desired habit that you want to establish in your life. You attach that new desire that new habit, that new change with a habit and rhythm and practice already in your life. You move the fulcrum, you move the leverage point close to something that has already overcome the hurdles to a habit. Did you know that if you come here consistently on Sunday, you have already worked through what I described earlier as one change to your mind being many changes? You've already worked through those emotions and those obstacles in your mind so that now the fact that you're able to come consistently means you've already got over those mental and emotional hurdles and therefore it's a habit in your life. Watch this. And you can leverage the existing habits to help lift you above those same cares and fears and worries and weights to establish a new desired habit. A new desired habit. And here's what you ask yourself. When it comes to the example of exercising or the gym or whatever, what day and time are you already consistently going by the gym as a current rhythm in your life? What day and time do you already have an existing habit that puts you on the course of going by a gym where you could then work out. This is the power principle of the fulcrum. 
you attach the new action of stopping at the gym to exercise to an already established action. That every week, once a week, you go to such and such place and the gym's on the way. Now, you know you can even remove more obstacles than that. Some of you, I know we don't know each other deeply. Others of you know me deeply. You know I'm not paying for a gym. So this example's not for my life. <laughs> I've removed even more obstacles. And if you accept that you can work out at home, then you remove many more of those obstacles than when we work through the illustration, your mind's wanting to be answered. You think, well, you know what? One thing I do every day is I check the mail. Well, what if instead of checking it when I drive home with the car, I walk to the mailbox? Now, for some of you, if the mailbox is that close, you're going to find something else. For me, it's a little walk. For some of you in some neighborhoods, you don't even have a mailbox in your front yard. You have to walk to where all the mailboxes are. You could walk instead of ride. For some of you, maybe it's not a, a gym, a gym in Tim but if you can go to a park and walk, or if you like hiking, you find a trail to hike. The power principle that the fulcrum is movable is removing the so-called steps and obstacles to the desired change. Watch this, removing it up front. Removing it up front. For instance, what I began to do many years ago is I began to think about things that I do every day. For instance, let me give you an example. Hopefully most of you shower every day. At least every other day. College students, please at least don't go more than two. Well, if you do shower daily, and you got to wait, unless you're one of those I take cold showers people, you got to wait for the water to warm up. Well, there's 30 seconds to a minute. Why don't you see how many push-ups you do in that time? Why don't you see how many jumping jacks you do in that time? Why don't you see how fast you can run in place in that time? Then you won't need the water to be so hot. Right? Now we're saving money. We're getting in the stewardship. That's another message. <laughs> oh... Here's the point. You hear us talk about how God can use you to minister life to others. How you are an instrument of hope and His goodness to others in this community. But you believe the lie that no, God only uses the mighty. He only uses those that already seem established and powerful and has all the know-how. You say, I, I have a hard time building relationships with people not following Jesus as Lord. Well, listen, no, no, listen. You're overcomplicating it. This is the power principle that the fulcrum is movable. You don't have to equate ministering to others as like finding a new day and a new time and some big endeavor to start moving forward and living missional. You ask yourself the question, where and when do I already go a place consistently? When I began to do this years ago, I went to the same bank almost the same time and the same day every week. 
What that meant was is the people in the bank worked the bank at that time were the same. And you have moments there where you're waiting as you deposits or whatever and you greet and talk. And just over the course of weeks and months, I attached the missional impulse of God to something that was already in my life. I didn't have to open up my calendar book or pray or fast about how to connect with someone new. I looked and said, what rhythms and habits and places am I already going consistently? And the bank was one. And I'll never forget that one day I was walking to a discipleship context. And as I was walking, I turned. And there to my left was one of the ladies from the bank. Except she wasn't alone. She had a man next to her and a little girl holding her hand. And my face lit up and I smiled. I said, what are you doing here? Well, she had signed up and brought her family to a discipleship context. Why? Because over the course of weeks and months of not adding an additional event to my life, an additional day and time, but taking a rhythm and a habit already in my life and attaching, using it, as a leverage, as a fulcrum to establish a new habit of inviting people to the journey of following Jesus and learning what it means to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Him. See, oftentimes we are demobilized because when we think about change, we are thinking about, oh my gosh, all that it's going to take to leverage and lift me over all the mental and emotional hurdles to establish a new habit. The power principle is the fulcrum is no, move the fulcrum and attach it to something that's already a rhythm and established habit in your life and use that habit and rhythm and circuit and established practice in your life. Use it as the leverage to launch you forward and establishing a new desired change and habit. Another place that we regularly went to as kids sports practices and games as they played soccer or basketball or weekly they had practice and games and you began to see the same people it's already there in your life and this is what Jesus said in Matthew 28 he said as you go through life as you go be intentional to make disciples, to invite people into the knowledge of God, the way of God, Jesus, into the process of following and learning of Him. See, the way of the fulcrum is move how you seek to add that new desired change and habit in your life by connecting it to something that is already consistently established in your life. See, listen, pre-existing habits and customs that are not unhealthy in your life, you can use as the fulcrum and the leverage point to lift you up over all the mental and emotional hurdles that try to hinder you from establishing a new desired change in your life. Leverage habits and rhythms you already have to help establish new, healthy, desired changes. Leverage and lift through wisdom, not through trying harder. Learn to ask yourself these questions. Where do I already consistently go? What do I already consistently do? 
And those become fulcrum leverage points to lift you forward in establishing new change habits, practices, and rhythms in your life. For instance, hopefully you brush your teeth once a day. How can you leverage that? You shower daily. You make coffee daily. You eat daily. You sleep daily. You go to work daily. You commute daily. Your kids have extracurricular activities. Listen, take all those things and see that because the fulcrum, the leverage point is movable, that you can leverage those existing things in your life to help move you forward in desired change. Let me give you an example. When I brush my teeth on my mirror, there are things that have been taped there that help bring me consciously back to things that I don't want to forget in my life. Big picture things. How I want to end up at the end of my life. And in that moment of brushing my teeth, I can see it. I can read it. What am I doing? I'm leveraging something that is done daily to help bring desired change or the desired future I have in following Jesus. Shower daily. I work out before I shower. That removes many obstacles. Make coffee. God bless our coffee maker. I thank God for it. But when you do just not the pot, but the single thing, dear God, I mean, you, can, you, can, you got plenty of time to pray. I can feed the dog. I can go on a walk. I mean, it's like a five-minute thing. So I leverage that. It's one of the first things I, I do before I go into my office and, and in my prayer place and work. So I start my praise there. I, I start my thanking God there. Leverage what you're already doing. Some of you commute daily and you've been desiring to get more into God's Word. You've been struggling on getting a habit of consistently hearing and seeing God's Word. Open the Bible app. Have it read Scripture to you as you're driving. Leverage things already in your life. See, some of you are trying to get a a prayer life or a habit in the Word, but you're just trying to depend on your own strength and, and your own willpower to get there. And the power principle that the fulcrum is movable is you can move what you're trying to use, what you're wanting to leverage to establish that new habit. You can pray in the car. You say, I don't worship enough. Turn off that ghetto music and put some worship music on in your car and start singing and worshiping. Leverage these things and habits in your life. Maybe you go somewhere weekly and you have to wait. There's always a line or you just have to wait. Why don't you use that waiting time? Pull out the Bible app, read, or use that waiting time to get some work done. Or you've been wanting to minister to others and think about others more. Listen, use that waiting time. Get out your phone. Call two or three friends. Say, I'm thinking about you. Give them a word of encouragement. Ask them if you can pray for it. Leverage. Leverage what's already there. You know what else the wisdom of the fulcrum is? It's also being aware of already established triggers that you have in your life that can be leveraged to remind you of new values, new habits, new changes, new actions that you desire to establish and accomplish in your life. Meaning, what do you already have in life that triggers you or reminds you about something that you want to see changed in your life or done? Let me give you a silly one. The only time I ever think about cutting my fingernails 
is on the way to a Sunday gathering when I'm going to preach. When I think about holding the mic and you wonderful people having to stare at me for all the length of time of my sermon, I think about are my nails cut. That's when my mind thinks about it. It's the only time. So you know what I did years ago? Is I put a pair of nail clippers in my car. And you know when I clip my nails? Today. A Sunday on the way to the gathering. Because that's when my mind triggers. Listen, some of you have been frustrated in life and life's already frustrating in life because you've been trying to remember to cut your fingernails and you just forget time and time again. The fulcrum is movable. You can move the leverage point of what you're using to leverage you to get that new desire change. Come on, man. That new established habit in your life. Where do I already consistently go? What do I already consistently do? Fulcrum there, friend. Fulcrum those things. Leverage those things to motivate and lift you beyond the excuses and towards the desired change in your life. Let me talk about Jesus. Did you know Jesus is the fulcrum sent from God to lift the world back to God? That's what Micah's prophesying is that out of that little town would come the ruler. Out of that town would come the everlasting, the almighty one who would be able to be the fulcrum to get us back to God. And did you know that same Jesus sent from God to lift the world back to God is a Jesus that can leverage your failure? He can leverage your hurts. He can... Leverage the lessons that you've learned to multiply change in others that's facing similar issues in your life. At this point in my life, the greatest fruit, kingdom fruit, the greatest eternal impact that God has brought out of my life and the lives of others came from the greatest place of despair. The worst time of my life. This Jesus has the ability to move the fulcrum. We thought God was going to use us in this way. We thought our future was going to look like this. And we find ourselves in the now. Saying, this is not the future I desired. I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd face this. I want to tell you that the power principle, Jesus, the fulcrum of God, He's able to move what you and I thought would have to be leveraged to be used for God to bring the eternal significance out of our life. And He can take our greatest fears, our greatest failures, our greatest brokenness, our greatest hurts, and He can leverage those things back to God and multiply ministry through our life to minister to others. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is great. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is the fulcrum of God. Did you know Jesus leveraged things that were already in existence when He showed up? He never built a building, but He leveraged the existing synagogues and the buildings that were already there. He leveraged the existing temple that was already there. He leveraged the existing circuits and people of God that was prepared and had the Scriptures. I want to tell you lastly about a story in 1 Kings 19. There was a prophet... Elijah. 
And Elijah was going about his ministry in a circuit and it says in 1 Kings 19, 19, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate, watch this, then he arose and followed Elijah and became a servant. Elisha, as he was going about his life and tending the oxen and working in the field, and he got touched by the anointing and the power of God through the prophet Elisha. The point is this, is when the anointing and the power of Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit touches an area of your life, listen, you're able to burn it all and let go of all the past in such a way that you have nothing to go back to. That's what he was doing. He went back and burned everything that he had so that once he began to follow the prophet, when he got tempted to turn back, what do I go back to? I've already burned it all. I've gave it away to others. I've given it to the people. Meaning this, when the anointing and the power of God touches you in a life, you're able to surrender in such a way that there's nothing to go back to. But here's the problem. So many of us do not know how to access or encounter the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit these days. So do we, what do we do? We just passively come week after week and just... Be miserable and hope and wait for change. No, no, no. What we do when we still need change is that there is a way God uses called the fulcrum. The power principle is the fulcrum's movable. You don't wait till the anointing or the power of God came because if you were touched by the anointing and power of God, you don't need my preaching and teaching, I assure you. When the power of the anointing touched me in an area and my brokenness and my despair, I didn't need a phone call to encourage me to seek Jesus. I didn't need a letter. I didn't need a car. I didn't need nothing. I had burned everything. I was able to burn everything. Why? Because the anointing and the power of God enabled me to burn everything. There was nothing to go back to. All my friends and that, those bridges were burnt. All the music I listened to, we had CDs back then, those things were broken or thrown in a river, a lake. Nothing to go back to. But the anointing and the power of God don't always touch me in every area I need change. Not everybody knows how to access. So what do you do? You listen to the power principle, the way of the fulcrum. Listen, leverage what is already in your life to lift you towards what needs to be. Leverage healthy habits, rhythms, and practices already in your life to lift you towards the desired change and habit you want to establish in your life. Positive and healthy change can take place through the power principle that the fulcrum is movable. You can move what you are trying to leverage to bring about the change in your life. You don't have to keep trying to leverage more self-will, more personal strength. Leverage existing habits. Did you know that leveraging those habits, a little more prayer in your life, a little more hearing the Word can lift you up and over some of the transformational needs you need in your life? some of the blinders, some of the lies in your life of leveraging these things. Because out of the little, 
Out of the little change, the multiplication of strength can take place. Out of the, the little, the eternal can come forth in your life. Wisdom can be in the little. Leverage a habit, rhythm, practice that's already in your life. Move the fulcrum today. Where do I already consistently go? What do I already consistently do? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.